Welcome back. That uh, that guy clearing his throat there was Bill English. <laughs> I didn't realize we were on the air. That's all right. I apologize. Uh, no problem. Clear your throat all you want. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's the Faith Radio Morning Show. Bill Meyer with our business contributor, Bill English, who is a business consultant and an adjunct faculty member at the University of Northwestern St. Paul, an all-around good guy. Even when he clears his throat on the radio, we don't we don't mind that at all. Now, Bill, there has been a lot of controversy, especially just in the last couple of years, about uh, huge salaries being paid to America's corporate executives. And now many people argue, well, they say, you know, the CEOs of these big Fortune 500 companies, they deserve the big bucks because of the benefit they provide to their shareholders through, you know, increased stock prices and dividends. So let me ask you, do you agree with that assessment? I, I, I take a little bit of a different take, but in principle, I don't mind that they get paid what they get paid. Uh, so if you're Citibank or if you're Microsoft and you're looking for a new CEO, there's probably only five or ten people who can do that job. Uh, it's not like they can go out to the local executive headhunter and say, hey, find me a CEO for Microsoft. It doesn't work that way. Uh, the skills that are needed to lead a, uh, a you know a multi-billion-dollar company with you know fifty or hundred thousand employees are just not very common skills. And just based on sheer economic basic economic principles, the more rare something is, and the higher the demand is for that rare element or thing or skill, the higher the price for that. Uh, skill or element or things. So, no, it doesn't surprise me that you know that that their salaries are where they're at. Uh, so, what are some of the problems uh, aside from those? You know, maybe five big corporations yeah. we're talking right. about. Just right. in general, uh, in the general business landscape, what are some of the problems with overcompensating either a CEO right. or people in, in top management or just a, a, a special a special employee? Yeah, you know, uh, some, many CEOs are overcompensated based on how their companies perform, but that's because they're able to uh, negotiate those kinds of contracts up front. And I think boards, uh, in terms of their governance, need to do a better job of, of negotiating better contracts on behalf of the company. Having said that, over overcompensation is not a prevalent problem, but it is a real problem in companies that have overcompensation. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that employees are either paid too much in their base salaries, or maybe their base salaries are at market rates, but the end of the year bonuses are just over the top, and they're given every year to the point where the employees can expect to receive that every year, and it really does become part of their compensation package. And are you saying regardless of the company's performance, this often happens? Right. Oh, this can happen. I've seen it in uh, in more than a couple of situations where employees or owners or family members or whoever it is, they get a lot of money at the end of the year, uh, irrespective of how well the company did. They admit that some of them actually go to credit lines and borrow the money, wow. uh, which is just insane to me, but it actually happens. But overcompensation can lead to one of the one of the really bad parts of it is that it does not allow natural employee transitions uh, from one company to another. Uh, if compensation is relatively at market rates across multiple companies, you're going to have a segment of your employee base that always transitions. And that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. As employees uh, either want to try something new, they want to professionally grow, or they just want a new pasture to graze in. Uh, going to another company is, is not a bad thing. Uh, but the other part is that it, it 
employees who are overcompensated, and this goes for CEOs too, can develop a sense of entitlement. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, what they can do is they can say, well, I'm getting paid all this money. I must be this good. Therefore, I'm entitled to these other extra perks because I'm that special. And uh, I've seen this play out on more than just a few occasions. The Messiah complex. Well, I don't know if it's Messiah, but (laughs) I'm worth it. Uh, you know? Doggone it! You know, it's what's what's that movie? He looks in the mirror. You know, uh, the, the old Saturday Night uh, Live yeah. Yeah, sketch. Yes, yes. Uh, and so uh, you have to think through um, that piece because once people get a sense of entitlement, uh, then the, it's very hard to reward them to perform better with an additional bonus, which is what a lot of companies do. If if we wanted Bill Meyer to do better on the air here. Um, I don't know if Dick would ever do this, but he could offer you a, some kind of an incentive plan. Why don't you suggest it? Okay, Dick, uh, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> uh, I better not do that. You better not. I, I better not. But uh, but it's not uncommon for employers to offer incentive plans in order to get employees to perform at either higher rates of, of productivity or perhaps to focus on uh, achieving a particular stretch goal. Well, if employees are already overcompensated, you've kind of – taken that away what's the incentive what's, what's the, the reason incentive? why i'm already harder. getting the money yeah you know and i i did this at, at, at my old company that i ran i actually i think i overcompensated my uh, sales staff and uh, since they were already at a rate where they were very comfortable in their lifestyle when i asked them to do more things uh and, and to work harder uh, i really got a deer in the headlights look like mm. well why should i i'm already getting this and i'm happy with my life the way it is and that was the first time I realized that just because you pay somebody more doesn't mean that they are high, more highly incentivized. It's how you pay them and how you connect it to their work mm. that matters. There's there's kind of a saturation point uh, there when is. it comes, and yeah. you kind of determine what that is. Our guest is Bill English. He's the uh, founder of BibleandBusiness.com. You can go there to find some great articles that will help you in your business as a Christian. So uh, check it out, BibleandBusiness.com. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. Here at Faith Radio. Good morning. It's 17 past the hour. This is the Faith Radio Network. Bill Meyer with Bill English. He is our business contributor here at Faith Radio, talking about some of the problems with overcompensating employees, whether that's the CEO or somebody else in the in the company. Um, okay, so in those situations where the CEO is able to negotiate a big salary and a mm-hmm. bonus regardless of how well their company performs, at least in in the short run. In situations like that, what often happens to the company down the road? Down the road, they, they just don't do as well. Their profits diminish. The morale goes down. People wonder, uh, does it matter? And uh, and I think the only thing the board can do at that point is to remove the CEO and find somebody else and tie their performance to the or tie their compensation to the performance of the company, I, I and this this is true by the way also for small businesses that are privately held that that are family owned or maybe a couple partners or three partners own it. Uh, if the uh, ownership group pays themselves too much money, it gets around to the other employees. I don't care if you think your controller or your HR person isn't talking; they are talking. And and it'll get around. Uh, I've been in more than one business where the employees have said to me, "If the if the family or the owners didn't take out this much money, we'd be in better shape." Oh wow! 
That's scary. And I well, know. not scary, but yeah. it's it, it diminishes the productivity of the workers and it hurts the profitability and effectiveness sure. of the company. Well, yeah, if I was one of those employees and found out that, you know, mom and pop were paying uh, Sunny Boy a oh, big salary, yeah. You know, you, it's not unusual for these small business owners to take home quarter half million dollars mm. wow. in a lot of these small businesses. Okay, let's uh, let's turn to the church for a moment. Yes, uh, the church. There, well, there are some pastors who make extremely large salaries. Do you think that's biblical, Bill? Uh, you're going to be surprised. I don't mind. Hmm. I don't mind. The Bible is silent on this. The Bible is nearly silent on compensation. Um, and therefore, it seems to me that uh, we shouldn't be automatically judging. And by large salaries, we're not talking eighteen million dollar a year salaries. We're talking maybe you know three, four, five hundred thousand dollar a year salaries uh, for pastors that are that are very large. Look, I think there's three ways that you can come up with compensation for a pastor. And uh, if their salary falls within a $400,000 range based on these three ways, then I have no problem with it, quite frankly. A $400,000 range. I know we got pastors listening right now. They're they're falling out of their chair at the breakfast yeah, table. Yeah, you know, I imagine Faith Radio might get some calls on this one, <laughs> but I'm going to stand by this. Uh, the okay, first... so wait, wait. So these are, these are some ways. Let's say you're an elder board. And you're pa- you're going to hire a new right, pastor, right? Right. That's your right, goal, right? And you're looking at different candidates from maybe around the country, correct? This is how you're going to determine what their compensation should be, right? And 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 these are the three ways that they taught us at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois, when okay. I was going through the MDiv program there. Okay, so the first way was take all the elder compensation packages, average them together. Pay the pastor that. You mean, well, the elders aren't paid. You mean their own compensation. Yeah, their, their own, own compensation. Com- companies. Whatever. Assuming that the elders are, are representative of your congregation, right? Uh, whatever, you know, it, let's say you got 12 elders. They got 12 comp packages at their employers. Find out what those are. Average them together and pay the pastor that. You think they're going to divulge that information to each other? Well, now, <laughs> you know, this is where being an elder sometimes, you know, requires some openness. And if all of your elders work for Microsoft and then you're... Well, <laughs> look, if you live in 90210, it's going to be a different number than if you live in Hayseed, Indiana. Right, right. Right? So uh, the second one, find out what a person with three years of graduate work in your local community averages in terms of salary and pay the pastor that. Hmm. Okay, you can go to the Census Bureau and find that out. That's not hard. Okay. Thirdly, uh, go uh, sent, go look at what other pastors in the community make, average that, and pay your pastor that. How are you going to find that out? Well, you call the other churches. Are they going to tell you? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just giving you, you Hello, know. First Baptist. We're just wondering how much you pay your pastor. <laughs> well, actually, I think if you approached it right, I bet a number of the elder boards would share that information privately. Wow. I really wow. do. I think if it was approached right. But that but that does require some relationship. This third option does require a relationship between the churches. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. I look, when, when you look at those, you, those are common sense ways to come up with compensating a pastor. And if your average elder board is, is in the 250 range, then okay. I'm not asking to pay pastors huge amounts or – nor am I asking for congregations to pay the pastor the lowest possible so that they'll be more spiritual than everybody else, which is a common misconception. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking to pay the pastor the middle of the road in the community in which he serves. 
Well, it makes perfect sense, uh, especially if we know the the elders are at a certain uh, level and they're asking this person to be their leader. Yeah. What so. what how what happens to a pastor when the elders might be averaging, say, one hundred and fifty or two hundred a year, and he gets sixty? Mm-hmm. You know, and think think about that dynamic for a sure. Moment. Sure, and and I could just see over time because he's going to find out what they make or yeah. assume what he, just by looking at their lifestyle what they just, make just by looking at the giving and then extrapolating averages on right. on on the percentages that people give. It's not hard to come up with these numbers. Mm. Wow. Okay, so let's uh, switch gears here for yeah, just a sure, second, sure, sure. and yeah. this is a presidential election question oh, for okay. you. <laughs> All right. No, this is interesting because uh, it appears that a lot of the business minded professionals uh, in this country really, really want. Hillary Clinton elected. Uh, A new report out from the Wall Street Journal. Lawyers, bankers, doctors, uh, business professionals giving more money to Hillary than to Donald Trump. In fact, get this, between May and July, there was $36 million in corporate money donated to them. Hillary got $31 million. The Donald got $5 million. Any speculation why the corporate big boys are being such big supporters of Mrs. Clinton. Because during that time period, it looked like Clinton was going to win, and corporations buy access through giving. This Uh, is not hard to figure out. Uh, I think you'll see that balance out. And plus, there is a rationale that says, you know, uh, Trump could fund his whole campaign if he wanted to out of his own pocket. And yet a lot of Hillary's, uh, you know, policies would be very unfriendly to businesses. Of course, but that's why they need access. They need access to influence. Right. So if I if I'm a corporation and I think Hillary's going to win and I think she's going to mess up my uh, vertical, uh, my industry, I better give a lot to her campaign so that I have reason to have access to her. And if there's anybody in politics that knows that money buys access, it's Bill and Hillary Clinton. Mm. I mean, look at the foundation and how much access they have sold. Look at the selling of the Lincoln bedroom. They know about selling access, and that's and that's what they do. All right, enough said. (laughs) Bill English, sorry about that. No, got a little preachy there. That's okay. Some good points. Our business contributor, Bill English, go to BibleandBusiness dot com to learn more about Bill and his work. Thanks, Bill. (laughs) You bet. 